We are I. All right, everybody, we're sitting down here with uh, with Jason Tilsley again on the podcast, and I asked him to come on again because him and I had this conversation the other night, um, you know, kind of about, like, like guys and, you know, like what it means to, to be a guy and, you know, I guess more important, like redefining what it's like to be a guy because uh, we both actually just got back from from Europe and stuff, and we kind of noticed a lot of the same things. So um, first and foremost, Jason, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, good to be back chatting with you, and uh, yeah, I had a great time talking with you the other night. So I'm glad we can kind of, you know, try and throw something out there and and just kind of flow like we did the other night. So, yeah. um, why, why don't you give everybody a little uh, little update about you know like where you guys went in Europe, you know, some of the places that you've seen, just so we can get a little backstory. Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, Basically, pretty much close to the end of May there, I went over to Europe with my girlfriend. So uh, that's where she's from. She's from Germany. However, she's been living in Canada for five years now. She actually just got her permanent residency. It pretty much all got finished and she, you know, got her letter in the mail while we were gone and it all is done. So it was like huge accomplishment for her. And um, yeah, so proud of her. But uh, yeah, going back to the trip, uh, what it sparked it was her aunt was getting married and uh, we've been dating for a few months. And uh, it was literally right around just a little bit past Christmas time. And she just asked me if you wanted to come to Germany with me. And I just right away just didn't even hesitate. And um, because some about it and I knew I needed that I needed to get away from kind of I've been living in Lethbridge my whole life born and raised there's been a couple occasions where I've gotten to travel abroad so that was in grade 12 which was 17 years ago now I think it is which yeah definitely kind of would make a guy feel old but that's how long ago it was in 01 so yeah, I guess 18 but uh yeah so I went in travel club in grade 12 and then um that last year of high school, uh, in the summertime, I knew I wasn't going to college or university. So I went over to New Zealand and I lived over there. And then pretty much since coming back from there, I'd been in Lethbridge up until just before, you know, I left, uh, over to Europe here in May. So, um, we, we were there for three weeks. Uh, we spent time in Germany, obviously, so that, uh, you know, I could meet Aurora's family and meet her friends and, you know, see, you know, where she grew up and get a, you know, taste of her culture. And then we went down into Spain and then we also popped over in Austria. And so three places that I didn't see when I was first over in Europe, like again, 18 years ago, I was in France, Belgium and Italy at that time. So it was nice to see three different places. And yeah, like, I mean, from the time we got there, it was just like, such a different world. It, it makes me really realize the importance of traveling abroad. I think like, yes, we love home, but we really need to, because being from North America, I mean, most trips for people, it's basically, you know, you go south into the United States or you go down in towards Mexico or, 
you go into the Dominican, right? And you go to these all-inclusives and it's pretty typical travel because I find a lot of people, they don't want to, you know, sit on these long flights, right? To travel overseas. And I find it unfortunate because let's say for um, argument's sake, like, I don't know, 70 years ago, we were never able to, or maybe a little bit longer than that, right? Travel in the way that we can nowadays, right? So when I think about it, we could literally go across the world in like the matter of a day, right? Whereas, you know, not too long ago, that was never a possibility. Sure, we have to endure, you know, being in the airports and sitting and security and, and all these things. But at the end of the day, it's, I, I find it, it, that's a small price to pay, but it's also something that would maybe make you appreciate you know, getting abroad and getting to see a different culture, different ways of life. So, um, yeah, so we, like I say, we first week, um, you know, we were in Germany, kind of uh, in Munich. So where my girlfriend Aurora grew up, um, that was where she, most of her childhood was. She was born in Hamburg, which was kind of North Germany. And then, um, you know, we went down into Barcelona. We spent a week there. And then kind of back to Germany, and then we just kind of drove over into Austria because it's right there. And uh, yeah, and it was it was just such a, a you know refresher for me, just you know with people and experiencing a, a different way of life. So yeah, what are I, some I was of the, kind of like a kid a kid in a candy shop, I guess. What are some of the things that you noticed, kind of like you know like immediately because you know although you've been to Europe before. You know, like, what were some of the things that, like, you know, this time around, you know, being a little bit older, understanding life a little bit more, going through more life experience yourself, you know, like, you can really contrast, you know, like, where you were versus being, you know, in, like, small town Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, you know, now you're overseas in this place, like, like, what are some of the things that you noticed, like, right away about, like, like, the people or the environment compares to, you know, where you live here? Uh, yeah, so right away, I mean, I could just tell people were um, so much more relaxed. Uh, and at times, I know maybe my girlfriend Aurora would say, you know, that like Germans can be pretty uptight, but maybe. But at the same time, I feel like they're just, um, yeah, they're, they're a lot more relaxed. Everything's, um, you know, people respect each other's kind of space and privacy or whichever. And I mean, but that's, so I'm seeing like, like the real kind of life of Germany. Like I, I'm not born and raised there. So um, where Aurora, like, you know, being on social media. So a lot of her stuff that she sees on social media is like posts of friends back home. So like stuff that, you know, people from Germany would post and share. And whereas over here, I see, you know, everything that everyone posts over here and, you know, like the trolling and the anger and all these other things and kind of like ridiculous stuff that I see. And uh, it's funny because when I talk to Aurora about it, uh, she just kind of, if I tell her that something's like going viral, like on my feed, she's like, what are you even talking about? Right. Because people over there talking about way different stuff, right? Like they're not even worried about the same stuff that we're worrying about over here and um so that that too it's uh, it's funny that it's even just you know even through social media where we think the internet brings us so close like you know it's interesting to know that on the other side of the world people don't care about some of these mickey mouse things that we care about over here stuff right and uh um or like post a lot of like 
anger and hateful things towards people. And uh, so, yeah, right away, I, I want to say it felt like I was in the United States, but way more culture and way more like common sense, I guess. You know, yeah. it's not bash. I have friends that live in America and I like those friends that are Americans and, and all of that. But um, I feel bad for what's going on down there with them. But yeah, when you're in Germany, um, you know, you can walk around with a beer in the street. You can, you know, have a beer on the train, you know, but nobody's, nobody's, you know, being belligerent. No one's, you don't see people crazy intoxicated. Uh, the other thing too, like poverty, like it was interesting because you just didn't see it like we do, um, you know, in North America. Uh, so that to me was definitely uh, one thing I picked up right away. And then, yeah, comparing from when I was there 18 years ago, I mean, nowadays we have smartphones, we have all this different technology. And to just think that was only, again, 18 years ago, but like how far advanced we are technology wise. Um, and then seeing, you know, that, that difference. Cause like all the like architecture, all the like history, right. That's, that's all always been there. So for me, it was like seeing Europe in a different way, like technology wise, I guess, and things like that. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. You know, like those are some of the kind of same things that I noticed, you know, like when, when I was in London that, you know, um, you know, like, and granted, only being there for so long, so you don't really get, like, a true, like, concept of, like, like what day-to-day life is actually really like, but it even seemed like, you know, most of, like, the, like, the conflict, you know, like, between, like, people that I seen, or, you know, even kind of, like, the, you know, like, the kind of conflict that we got in with, like, this, like, rickshaw driver guy, um, you know, but, like, it just, it carries a lot of different tone, there than it did here like the tone that i get here is conflict is you know it it should be just like pushed like aggressively you know but conflict can't be conflict just because you disagree you know like conflict here is like you know somebody trying to escalate like well you push me i'll punch you well i'll punch you i'll stab you okay well you stab me i'll shoot you you know like you shoot me like i'll get like five guys to you know you know like it's just like, but, like, there was more just, like, like a clashing of ideas or, like, a clashing of concepts. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really carry much weight past that. You know, but, like, yeah. here it just seems like, you know, there has to be such an aggressive force past it. Like, it can't just yeah. stop at, you know, a debate. And, you know, like, I, I have this conversation with people all the time about how, you know, like, we just don't – we don't have a, an ability to be able to debate – you know, like emotional concepts or intellectual concepts or, you know, like anything because we just want to argue our point. Like, like nobody wants to hear what anybody else has to say. And, you know, no. And, and, and people will, sorry, man, uh, people like I've, I've been reading the book, uh, everything is fucked, uh, by Mark Manson. And, uh, cause I read his, his previous book to that one and it was called the subtle arts of not giving a fuck. And, um, you know, and he talks about the internet, like, so, um, people nowadays, we will Google like our, our argument, right? So if you're basically saying, no, I I'm right. And I can prove this, I will Google it. And it will basically like pull up Wikipedia or it'll pull up something else, right. To just like totally solidify. The funny thing is that, you know, so let's take, uh, and I thought about this the other day, 
you know, your, uh, your typical round earth people and your flat earth people. Well, if you type in like flat earth and you Google that, you're going to find a shitload of information about that, right? Like same thing if you type in round earth and you're going to find a shitload of information about that. So at the end of the day, it's like, let's just agree that, you know, maybe neither one is right. And let's figure out a way to just, yeah, like have a conversation about something without trying to like totally like just jam it in someone's face, right? Saying, I'm smarter than you and kind of like flippy the bird sort of thing, like Google proved it. But like at the end of the day, like anybody can post, you know, like what their beliefs are, right? Like whether you believe there's flat or round, right? You can back it up with all this other, you know, that someone See, else wrote so you know and the interesting part behind that like what, what you bring up there is like if you simply changed one word slightly you know and you said if you typed into google and said um the earth is flat versus if you yeah. typed in the earth isn't flat like it, it, it's like those two search results like put you in just a completely different you know, like realm of thinking yeah. on both, you know, and, but like, it goes to show like the, the simplicity of change versus the magnitude of impact. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah, like, so it's, but like, I agree with you where like, it just seems like a, it's almost like our own worst enemy that we have so much access to information, you know, because even yeah. with that access to information, the point that, you know, that I think you're trying to make is that like, you'll always find uh, like a, an abundance of information yeah to be able to back up your opinion whether your opinion is right or wrong you know but like it yeah. just becomes such like a like a sounding board to be able to invest all of your emotional interest into to be able to hold your position instead of maybe trying to look at things slightly different yeah with, the, with that bit of open mind right it's kind of like your audience behind you right yeah. like because you can say oh buddy over in Timbuktu across the world thinks the same things as me, right? It's just like, well, sure, whatever, right? But, um, you know, it's it's sad because, you know, that was part of his, uh, you know, in the book there, Mark Manson talking about how, you know, when the internet, I think when it was created, it was that thought of that information was, again, accessible, easily shared. It was connecting us so much, you know, like, better and kind of how I talk about travel nowadays, right? Like how we can travel and get to places like so much faster. Um, that's like the internet, like how we can share information so much faster, but it's actually done like the polar opposite, right? It's almost like created like so many, so much separation, like among people, right? Like these forums and, you know, you can, you can just start up a page, right? And sure. I have a page on Facebook, like to talk about, you know, my thoughts and movement and just my life in general. And if it helps people, um, but that's how I want to share information. I want it to be like helpful. I don't want it to be argue argumentative, right. Or like to cause, but I know at the end of the day too, if I'm putting it out there and I know that it can get to a lot of people, no matter how hard I want to promote it or whatever, um, there's always going to be people that, you know, just aren't in line with my thoughts and that's okay. You know, like I, I would just love conversation. It's like how, you know, we talk, right. You know, I, I would never expect you to totally agree with everything I say 100% and that we can like, you know, 
talk and, and just share the ideas, right? As opposed to just saying, no, no, this is it, right? This is what, you know, I'm so stuck in tunnel vision that, that that's it. Do you think that, like, you know, because this is kind of like what we were talking about before it kind of led us to, you know, like recording this, this episode of the podcast, that, you know, like, do you think that we as guys get tunnel vision because we're we're guys and that's just like who we are or do you think we get tunnel vision because you know like we're just like a byproduct of our environment like say growing up in in this small town in southern alberta you know like because you know when you kind of look at it from like like a global perspective and say okay well you know it's really easy to like vilify like okay well i've grown up in like a, a small town in southern alberta this is just the way like you know people here think they're not progressive um but do you think that like we as like guys you know like especially like outside of just like humanity as a species but like we as guys just lock into like wanting to latch on to like what we think is right versus having like an open mind and understanding that there's multiple valued opinions out there yeah yeah no i think so and i think you know that comes um from yeah like uh like our like the masculine way right it's kind of where you know superior you know sex and that's something that's you know getting way crazy nowadays and all that too um so i do yeah and and when you talk about environment i do believe too that we are products of our environment uh but at the same time so whether it's like you're from small town like red like you know conservative or you know small town small um hopefully i say this okay but like small town is kind of just like small mindset so to speak i guess with like the outside world and culture and other things right whereas like big city like where you're from and you know we talked about this the other night just you know you, you just see the culture and it's you know more accepting sure there's maybe an underlying belly where it's not but at the end of the day you, you see a lot more culture right as opposed to in a small town um but so that again talks about environment because you could still have all that culture but you still have those people where some of them still have those like narrow-minded beliefs uh no different than in these small towns and with men i i do feel it's um you know, when you're hanging around a bunch of guys, like, you know, you're, it's, it's the alpha thing, right? Everybody wants to feel like an alpha. So, um, whether that's through, uh, physical capabilities or, um, you know, discussion and just kind of like controlling conversation, so to speak, uh, that's the, the book that I've just kind of read recently, uh, the man they wanted me to be. And, and I read it quick. It was, it was a good read. So anybody out there that wants to read, it's by Jared Yates Sexton. And um, I, I was saying to Aurora, like after I read it, I, I feel, you know, I think it's awesome that this guy wrote a book about, you know, his life and toxic masculinity. Now that's become a conversation. Um, I just think I'm like, I feel like there's so many guys that could write this book, you know, like regardless of, I guess, what he's been through. And, you know, when you read it, uh, you know, you sit there and you would think like, wow, this guy's gone through way worse than I have in terms of, I guess, seeing, um, you know, adult male behavior, right, as a kid growing up. But at the same time, I feel like, 
you know, it, there's, it, it's, it's how you perceive it. It's how you've perceived your life growing up and, and how you've seen the, you know, your father, you know, the, the males that are around you, uncles, like all this stuff. Right. Um, that when I think of it and kind of where we are now, it's, that's okay to, you know, talk about it and really kind of, you know, lay it out there. But that's where we need to, that's our past. Like that's all in the past. It's, and trust me, it's hard to move on from the past. And, and I'm sure you can relate to it too. Um, but when it comes to this male toxicity, um, or masculine toxicity, sorry, like we can, we can talk about it and, and all the, you know, stuff that we've experienced if you you know read about it and think you know the definition of it uh but at the end of the day we need to like leave that in the past otherwise we'll just always have this male toxicity right like we all have to set an example as male figures you know so to to make sure that it's not just rolling through right so you know you're a father right and you have daughters and you know you you love them so much and you would do anything for them. And I know you're like a great role model, um, not just from knowing you, you know, from years ago, but like on social media and stuff. And you probably take things from your past and, you know, what, how men were supposed to act and, you know, have this hard shell and we don't speak of emotions and we don't, you know, do a lot of this stuff um, that, now you're you're more like how do I you know bring that into my life so that I can open up more to like my daughters and you know just relationships and all these things right you know see in, in the way that like the probably the way that I try to value my daughter's growth the most is the ability to be able to come full circle around and like apologize to them if um like I, I feel as though like I was I treated somebody else poorly or if I treated them poorly or if I feel like I was having like a bad day or I'm tired you know like showing them like the humility of being like emotionally vulnerable like I I know that they don't get that at the ages they are now but like I hope yeah. that they get that as they grow older because you know like I look at that in like my life now and that's the one you know thing like with like this podcast too is that you know how could I ever expect somebody else to come on like this show or how could I ever expect anybody to have a conversation with me and be emotionally exposing and vulnerable mm -hmm. as if I'm going to be the same way you know so that's why I really I like I try to like always first and foremost like the information that i put out there like i want to be able to you know like explain to people that like you know like i go through all this too you know and the reason why i thought that it was so important that we sit down and have like this conversation is because it's like what we talked about the other night was you know like where can where can you clearly draw like some lines between like it you don't have to be like like a guy having a conversation like you know, I got to talk about this car that I know nothing about because I don't know shit about cars. Um, you know, like, like I like playing sports, but I don't watch a whole lot of sports, so I can't really contribute in that conversation. 
like I don't drive a big ass truck, so like I can't contribute in that conversation. You know, like all of these things that like and uh, like I just don't find any value like really in them anyway. You know, but like when it comes down from like a humanity standpoint, like where can we just have the conversation where it's like, you know, like fuck all this guy shit. You know, like when when can when can I just say like, you know, like hey, you know, like I was struggling with my daughter, you know, like, you know, I wanted to help her with her homework, you know, like, and, you know, she, I, I clearly tell that she was tired, but her teacher wants me to help it, and she's crying, and I'm feeling like an asshole, and, like, you know, I'm trying to explain to her that her teacher wants me to do it, but she's labeling me with the problem, and, like, I don't know what's going on, like, like, where, where does that come into play, like, where, versus then just, like, trying to, like, hold that backwards, hold that, or, you know, like, you know, getting to the point where we're at in our lives now, saying, okay, well, we're in our mid-30s now. You know, like, where are we versus, like, the expectation from a society standpoint of where we should be or, you know, like, what we should have or what should be going on in our lives. And, you know, just forgetting the the more that I feel like these, these conversations that I should be having with other guys, the more I realize and always – disconnect myself with like the humanity of a conversation like i want to be able to like have a conversation with with you and i feel like this is where like the great value in our friendship is is that you know like i don't feel like i have to have like an emotional filter to be able to talk to you and you carry that air with you when we have a conversation where it's like you know even that even if I wanted this conversation to be private, if you talk to somebody about it, I would always feel because of the air that you have, it would be an emotionally secure place instead of it being used as a tool against me. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. that's what I find like where where does it have to – where can it stop being like a man or a woman or like any of the other gender pronouns you want to use now and just looking at it like, you know, like we are just human beings and when can we just have a conversation about, you know, the trials and tribulations of life or the things that you want or where it, it breaks down the smoking cigars and drinking scotch and driving four by fours. Yeah. Yeah, it's – um it's tough man because um you know i think you said it very early on when you talk about like humility um you know and then then the other flip side of that is our ego right like we don't want to feel humiliated right in front of our friends or you know uh and that's where that that word help right people it's such a hard thing for people to ask for because i think the moment the word that I find that's attached to help it's humiliation it's like I've failed and I feel like yeah I don't I don't feel good about myself so it's just so much harder to ask for help and even if that's just in a conversation it's and it's an unfortunate thing right like you know so where you talk about um you know being amongst friends or whichever you know and I you know that makes you really then I guess appreciate you know you, you may still like those friends that you can go out with and just have that break you know and and visits and whatever um but then you just appreciate those friends where you can have those more in-depth conversations like 
you know, in my mind, yeah, in a perfect world, I, I would like to have those conversations, you know, with all of my friends. But at the end of the day, I, I just know that that's not a reality and it's not uh, any kind of, you know, reason for me to not want to spend time with them or even have any judgments, you know, or anything like that, because I don't have my life figured out either. Right. And that, those are the things that I want to talk about. Um, but when it comes to, I think anybody in talking about life and especially for guys, what's hard is because we're always supposed to talk about like how we're succeeding, you know, like we're always supposed to talk about how we're, you know, financially stable, our relationships are doing, you know, good and, and our families are well and this stuff, but, um, you know, maybe we're not right. Maybe our head is just above water, but we just don't want our friends to, you know, think, oh shit, like he's in trouble, right? Or, or whatever. So, um, it, it takes, I don't know, I think, I think for the most part, you have to just, you know, be honest with yourself and with your friends and however they receive it. It's, you know, it, it's for them to receive it however they want. You can't expect anything more or anything less um but when you know you're in the company of good people that you can talk to um i think you know that and and like how you said like how we can talk it's just yeah we like we come from this like common ground place right and we've we've experienced you know our our shit and and you know at the end of the day there's no reason to like bullshit one another or anything like that it's like Cause then it's, you know, if things weren't okay, it's like, how do I help you? I think women, uh, you know, when I, when I see, and this is going off on social media, I guess, or, you know, stuff like that, but, uh, women, it seems like they're more, they're better communicators, I guess. Uh, you know, in terms of saying like, my kids are driving me nuts, but at the same time, I feel like that's just like part of like the typical, you know, housewife or you know mom role is to just say your kids are driving you nuts and mommy needs a glass of wine or a bottle of wine tonight right to like you know decompress uh so you know I, whereas men you know you would never see guys posting about that right like they're just gonna post like my boss sucks so i need to you know go drink a case of beer with my friends tonight right and and that but you know that's the thing. Like, I guess, yeah, your boss is around you all the time, but when it comes to like, say like family finances, like those things, right. It's, um, women, I think are just more open to talking with each other about it and, and feeling okay with, with that. The fact that if it's like, if you're struggling, they feel like sweet cheers to that. Let's drink this wine together. Right. Um, so you brought up an, difference. Yeah, you brought up an interesting concept that I've actually never really thought of before, you know, and maybe you can kind of expand upon like what you think of it or, you know, if you can consciously identify where you learn it from. But, um, you know, like the concept of that, like guys should only talk about their successes because that really is true. Like, it, like, I've never thought about it before. I've never, like, identified it. I don't know if you read it in a book somewhere. But, you know, like, guys are coached from, like, a really young age, like, pretty passively, like, through your entire life to only really talk about your achievements and then stack your value based on those achievements. Yeah. Yeah, 
it's it's i mean i actually i i haven't read it in a book but like again seeing like you know a little bit of the toxic masculinity stuff and then even kind of reading that book that's because when you spoke about humility just earlier right well i mean we don't want to show that right so all we want to talk about is our you know all the positive that's going on right even if the negative totally outweighs the positive right because we don't want our friends to to see us struggle we don't want them to know we don't want them to think less of us like oh my god like what would happen if you know this and that right so um that's just kind of where that comes from with me because as as guys yeah that's the last thing you want to do is feel humiliated you know in front of a group of people or whatever right we we hold on to the things that i guess that we think we're good at or you know that's that little bit of positivity in our life but then we start to hold on it for too long i think especially if the negative starts to like bump up more and more and then we find ourselves yeah we're we're starting to like sink and you know we're in quicksand right so Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah no you know it's 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 crazy like in like where do you think that comes from like why why do you think that we do that like because you know if there really is no value in kind of like lying to yourself or lying to like people around you because the one thing that i've realized you know like within the last like three years is that the more vulnerable that I am to people, whether you're going to get burnt by that or not, but you just yeah. hope that you hedge the cards, you know, in your favor that like you're going to typically get burnt by it less than, you know, what you would, you know, normally. But like there always seems to be like a, a greater outcome, you know, like and like I said, like there's been a lot of times where I've been emotionally exposed and like been burned, but like I wish I never did that. But, you know, again, it's like staying your course. You know, like either you're yeah. going to be like that or you're not going to be like that because how do you ever pick and choose based on hypothetically whether or not you're going to get burnt by that in the future or not? You know, but like yeah. it's, it's really hard to like step away from that, especially like as a guy because, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, your ego is attached to that. Like you're like our ego, like what drives us as guys is purely being successful in, in any and every regard. So like, where do you step back and say, okay, well, you know, instead of highlighting my successes, I'm going to highlight my failures and just say like, out of anything, I've learned from them. Like I I have found value in my failures. So I now know where, where I've learned, how I've learned it and you know, how I'm going to proceed in the future. And because, you know, like it's been a tough road, you know, and like, and not being scared to like shout that out as your anthem. Yeah, well, because man, if we if we didn't have those failures, we probably wouldn't be where we were today. And and even where we are today, it doesn't mean that we have life figured out more. Um, you know, maybe yeah. Again, our ego will speak to us a little bit and say we do have it figured out a little bit more now because we've aged and we've gone through these. Uh, you know, we've gone through life a little bit more, right? But um, it doesn't mean that we're going to run into new problems and new things, right? So I guess where you say, um, uh, I can't remember how you were saying it there, but um, the, the way that I try and keep myself in check, and we talked about this last night, is that um, I, I know that how I train, like everything I do uh, as a person, 
Um, so again, whether it's physically or whichever, um, anyone else can do that, right? Anyone else can be more successful than me. So whether it's financially, whether it's physically, whether it's like in all these attributes that I guess men care about in their life, um, and hold dear, uh, yeah, I, I just know that at any given point, well, even right now as we're speaking, someone's doing something better than me. So that, that keeps me humble. Um, and at the same time, it keeps me also not in that competitive mindset that I think a lot of people get involved in. And, and I've, I know I've had those thoughts, you know, uh, with, especially with training, you know, cause when you get into the physical world and training, that's, that's all we're, we're really doing, right. We're making ourselves feel better. And I think a byproduct of making ourselves feel better is fueling our ego, um, you know, to that degree. So, you know, it's just kind of try and be more aware of it and see how it's changing you mentally, not just physically for what you're doing. Um, but it's an old saying that my dad used to tell me growing up. And, and I, again, I can take this and word it into other ways, but, um, it's basically no matter how tough you think you are, there will be always someone tougher than you. So it didn't matter, you know, if you could fight anybody and beat them. Eventually someone's gonna, you know, ring your bell. Right. And, Right. So that's like a saying, I think that I've always carried with me, even though I heard it at a young age and when I was super cocky, right? Like playing hockey and always kind of scrapping guys and stuff. Um, now I, I can take that though. And then again, think of it in a little different context too. So it's not just like, um, you know, through training, you know, and, and what I do and what I put my focus into there's, again, there's always people out there that are better than me. Um, and same thing when it comes to, I guess, you know, living, uh, financially secure or whatever, all these things. So at the end of the day, I would rather just, you know, do the best that I can and know I'm doing the best that I can and, and be humbled in knowing that. And I think that makes me drive to be better myself. And so it gets me still, you know, going and accomplishing things. Like it makes me want to open up to different things too. Right. So it would like, if I was ever doing something and thought I was making forward progress and then that started to stop, um, you know, it's maybe my body and my mind is telling me it's time to like pick up something different. Yeah. yeah how does it, how do you feel about like, you know, admitting, you know, like obviously there's like a, a big part of like this conversation that's always going to feel private when it's actually very much public um, you know, but like, how does it feel like to you as, as a person to be able to like identify, especially as a guy saying like, you know, Hey, I might be good at things, but no matter what I'm good at, there's always somebody better. Um, just because for me, like I look at everything that I'm good at, there's always somebody better in every single one of those categories. And for me personally, I love that. Yeah, because it, like it's a challenge. I, it's it's a challenge, but I feel like in a really passive way because like yeah. for me, it's not the challenge to be better than them. It's the challenge to be able to meet them, mm. to be able to just yeah. get to know them. Because that's the yeah. one thing I love about like this this podcast is it it's afforded me the very sobering opportunity to be able to meet some incredible people where I'm just like wow, I'm like, that's that part of you that's better than me. 
in this specific area and, and I love that, you know, like, because I feel like that's what really loops it around is the actual realization that there is people who are better than you at something that you like, but you find the value in wanting to be around them to be able to nurture and progress that part of you that you love so much, but this person can benefit that. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, it's again, going back to the humbling thing. I, I think if, if you're not humble, man, like you're not open to new information, right? And you can miss out on a lot of just little things, right? So, you know, you and I, we could have a conversation for an hour, right? Or, well, two hours, like we might. And uh, there may just be like one minute or two minutes of that conversation where you really grasp something and you're open to that and, that's, that's awesome. Cause you're, you're like, say you, you get to talk to a lot of different people and I listen to your podcast and I hear some of the people you have. And it's, again, it's, you know, you can just pick up that one little bit to me. That's what, you know, that this is funny. So I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot more nowadays, but like, I remember growing up and maybe you were like me, I hated reading, right? Like I couldn't sit in, right. And it just, uh, but you know, now as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm realizing the benefit in reading, right? Like, and the hard thing is though, is that, yeah, you could have a book that's like 300 pages. And that to me is where I get a little, you know, not wanting to read because maybe let's say all of it, except for 10 pages are going to be something that's applicable to me. Right. But at the end of the day, those, if I can read that and get those 10 pages, that's like knowledge, Right. Like that is information that I'm like open to and like, oh, yeah, this like really makes sense. And I feel like I can like share this even, you know, like I'm a kind of guy that likes to read between the lines too. you know, like this book about, uh, you know, toxic masculinity. Like I don't, you know, believe 100 percent wholeheartedly in what this guy wrote and stuff, but I can see it from his perspective and then also talk about it with like Aurora uh, you know, and, and just kind of, you know, say, yeah, I was reading this and it kind of, you know, this is what I got out of it and that, and it just, it makes you think more. It makes you, you know, is earlier on into our conversation when we talked about the internet, like there's so much information out there. And I think I even mentioned this in our first podcast, like information is toxic, right? Because there's just so much out there that we're just trying to digest so much, so much that you know, and at the end of the day, we can find anything that could contradict what we're thinking, right? Going back to the flat earth and round earth theory, right? So you could be like hard nosed round earth. And then all of a sudden you're going to start reading some shit. You know, you could spend a night reading stuff about flat earth and then you start to like second guess yourself maybe, right? It's like doing a multiple choice exam where you're like, yeah, you know, you got four answers and you're like, these two are bullshit, but Oh, a and B they're you know, yeah, they're solid. time, you know, picking. Yeah. I hated multiple choice, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this, like, like out of like all the guys that like you, uh, that you chill with, um, like, like what's the common kind of like narrative behind that? Like if you're, how many of them, you know, can you come out with like a really like emotionally exposing conversation and you can actually get into like a real back and forth conversation about it versus just something that other kind of gets like brushed off or 
you know that somebody's not really interested or comfortable talking about like like you know being from yeah. like a small town in southern alberta is that like a social network that's real to you or is that something that like you know you kind of like wish that you had or it was yeah. there or yeah um i mean i would say i probably have you know like a handful of friends you know that i can really you know open up to and uh and you know and really have like that you know honest conversation no matter how hard it is um and you know at the end of the day though um you know i i do know a lot of people growing up in lethbridge my whole life so there's those you know like friendships and just like acquaintances and all that kind of stuff um so for me to to have five i think that's super lucky like i'm fortunate for that um you know even when i talk to you so i mean i would say five like in lethbridge but there's like a couple of friends that are afar like you know like you and and another good buddy of mine who's actually come up here um, this weekend from LA with his family for, you know, his cousin is getting married. So I'm really excited to see him because he's a friend too that, you know, when I go see him and his family, you know, I try and see him once a year because, uh, you know, when I'm with them, I just, they're, they're such awesome people. He's been through like, him himself and then you know just his family and everything they've been through so much that you know i i know him and i we can just have these like really open conversations and it's you know different from the norm of like what guys would normally talk about right and um and so yeah so it, it's awesome to even have that right it, it it just makes you appreciate um the time that you spend with those friends too, that are abroad, right? It really makes you, you know, grateful. Cause what's, what I find is interesting too, unless I was playing golf league, like I do here, um, you know, I have friends that are really close, but like, I may not see them for like months, you know, yet I, it would take me 10 minutes to drive to their house or 15 minutes. Right. But they have their family and life and their job and, and this. So it's, it's just kind of funny, right? How, to, to think, well, well what, what if I went away or anything like that, you know, I'm going to lose that connection or, you know, with that friendship. And, but then I'm thinking like, but, you know, we're only hanging out once every like three months or every six months. And we only live across the bridge from each other. Like what's, you know, what's the problem there? And it's not that I don't think that we care less about each other or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's time and it's how we change as we're going through life. See, and that's yeah. the interesting part too, right? Because like, you know, like, like we know, and there's like enough evidence now is saying that like, you know, the proper community for like a human being is about like 150 to 175 people, you know, but like you just brought up like yeah. a really good point where like, you know, think of how many communities of like 150 to 175 people there are to geographically go from your place you know to like say if you're from like south lethbridge and you go to like west or if you go west to north yeah. or north to south like yeah. something on those lines where like you it might go through you know like 20 or 30 of those communities to be able to get to like where your friend geographically is 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just, it's so strange. And this is the, the part where, like, you know, even, like, with Lethbridge not being, like, a huge urban center, but, you know, being more, like, you know, it just, no matter how small the urban center may be, it still takes us so far away from, like, you know, who we are. And my point behind that is, is, like, when you have to travel so far, which isn't even far, but to be able to connect with that community because your community of like 150 to 175 people is like, should be within like a few blocks of you. You should never have to drive across the bridge. Like they should be like immediately accessible to you where like you don't have to drive it or plan it or like men's golf league or like anything along those lines because those people are just people that we are around and exposed to like all the time and when it only becomes like just that network and that community like you know like i find like that like that's one of the biggest thing about playing sports which i feel like playing sports connects you with like that small community that you're supposed to be with because it is so much easier to break down like emotionally with like other guys that you've played sports or been in that arena with, I find because like a lot of times, like you just, you have nothing else left to give or like you get caught up in those moments where like it becomes that. And you know, like, like, you know, maybe like that's one of like the biggest things, you know, like with us, like as guys is that, you know, maybe we actually really used to be, you know, like, emotionally connected with each other but like it's just kind of more like a byproduct especially of our western culture where like you know it is all about like want and need and a manifestation of goods and you know like houses and cars and boats and sleds and all this bullshit except for that like because we're chasing and pursuing all that it takes three months or six months to be able to reconnect with a friend you know that is so close yeah yeah, and, and I, I kind of like what you were talking about in terms of, um, you know, being with being with a close group of guys through sports or something because that was a big part of my life growing up and the friendships that I still have here in Lethbridge was through playing ice hockey. And, and, and where you say it, I mean, we were playing high-level hockey, like, at a young age, and, but, like, like say it was, I, I felt like we were com- connected emotionally, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're playing in games and whether your team's doing good or whether your team's doing bad, you know, like you go through these, you know, peaks and valleys together. Um, you know, you expect, you expect like your, your teammate to, you know, do his job, right. And play to the best of his ability. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of emotion tied to that. And, and when you think about it, how you just said it and I've never thought of it that way is just yeah like we were always playing on emotions and stuff and then all of a sudden as you start going through life and and things are changing that connection isn't there as much anymore which is interesting because I feel like life even though we're not playing ice hockey it still carries those same peaks and valleys Right. And where we should still be able to be emotionally connected and dependent on one another. You know, I, if I saw a teammate, you know, feeling down or he made a mistake or did something, I, my job was then to go out there and like bring the intensity back up. 
you know, I was going to go out there and make some kind of play, whether it was a hit or whatever, just to get the bench up and going again, just to get my, my boys going. Right. So, um, you know, and, and that's, I think, I think we, we lose that. We still have that in sport though. Like, don't get me wrong. When I golf with my buddies and, you know, if I was to hit a birdie or, you know, hole in one or something, right. Like, yeah, damn it. We're going to be stoked right? and things like that. But, um, you know, other things it's, yeah, it's not so, you know, we, we can talk about it though. Like my buddies that I golf with, like I say, we're, we're that kind of close where we can talk about the, the good and the bad for sure. Um, so it's not like going and golfing and just drinking beers and, you know, having typical guy conversation. Right. So, so I, I really appreciate that. And, and I know it makes me look forward to every Thursday. Um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a nice little just thing to do with my buddies. Cause I never, I hadn't, I hadn't done that for so long, for so long. Um, you know, I was always, you know, just kind of sticking to my training, um, you know, relationship that I would have been in. Right. And, and, you know, family stuff. And I kind of was probably the guy that pushed some of my friends away. Right. So, um, now that I, I can, now that I have that back and, you know, I, I totally, uh, am grateful and, and lucky and appreciate it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like, you know, as you're talking there and, you know, like, as I know how I feel and how like a lot of guys that I know that feel, it's like, you know, because we're kind of missing like a big part of our lives because of the culture that we live in today, just, you know, like where our society is, you know, from like a technology standpoint, you know, and like innovation and creation, you know, like we, we don't have like a daily environment that we go to. Cause like I always, in my mind, I look back at like, when it, like, like sports are kind of like relatively new. I know we've always had some kind of form of sport. You know, but like, what did you always, what, in all these movies that we see, and, you know, I know they're movies, but they're, they're obviously relatively accurate that were, if guys weren't in, in battle or like hunting, they were, they were trained to be better at that. But like, the foundation behind that is, is like that they were together as a group. You know, like, you know, whether like, you know, if they weren't in a battle, they're out swinging swords or, you know, like practicing their moves, but like they were like guys together, you know, like whether if they weren't hunting for food, you know, like they were sharpening their spears and they were like sitting around bullshitting all that kind of stuff. But like there, there was always like that, that connection, you know, we have to find sport behind that. Like we don't. You know, like, I think, like, us as guys, like, we don't value it enough because, like, we are so hyper-focused on driving towards, like, this should be my goal. I need, you know, to have my $100,000 truck and I need to have my wife have a $100,000 car. You know, I need this million-dollar home. You know, I need a boat and a sled. You know, like, all these kind of things. My wife needs to get her nails done all this kind of stuff. But you, you just outlined it. Like, it is simple as that. Like, you lost your identity and all these things. But as soon as you started, like, golfing with your buddies again – when you had like that interpersonal connection with these guys, like these guys became that like that leveraging social network for you that you can rely upon emotionally. But that's like what has always been there for us. Like there's always been access to that. But we we have to take that and we have to rob ourselves of that because we are chasing something that is not really it's not really wholesome. Like it's completely superficial. 
Yeah, it's completely superficial. And we, I think the one thing is too, is we, you know, we, we tend to think that we are busy and we're also, um, very cautious of where we're spending our time. So like I have friends that have, you know, families, right. You know, whether, you know, big families or even just new, you know, young families, um, you know, and I, I respect that to the nth degree, right. Because, um, you know, there's a, there's things that are more important, you know, so I wouldn't be, you know, if, if they didn't get back to me within a couple of days, like, I'm not going to be like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> you know, I, again, I, I respect the fact too, that, um, you know, we all have life to live and we're busy and stuff. So I think that even goes back again to, um, just those, those few friends that you can call upon. And it's not to say that again, that they're there at your beck and call, right. That they pick up or they text you back like instantaneously. Right. Um, it's just that, you know, once you send that message, they're going to get back to you and, and then it's, and you know, and they're going to find time for you, right. They're going to, you know, make some space available to talk to you because, you know, to try and do that with just, you know, friends that are maybe acquaintances or things like that, like you, you would be drained, like emotionally yeah. drained. Right. So, um, again, that's where I try and keep, uh, you know, I, I know those good friends that I can talk to and I'm not worried again about how soon they get back to me. I know the friends that, you know, I don't want to burden them with what's going on with me. I'm, I'm sure they got so much going on too, but they don't want to share it with me. So, um, you know, I, I don't, the other thing too is I don't want to try and force people into, you know, thinking the way that I am and thinking about how, you know, we maybe just need to start talking more, right. As, as friends and as guys and all this stuff, right. And change the, the stigma and everything that's going on. Because going back to what you said, I, I really think, and don't get me wrong, I don't have a hundred thousand dollar truck. I don't have, you know, like a million dollar mortgage or, you know, crazy extravagant things, but I have my own, like, you know, fights to, you know, battles to, you know, overcome and things like that mentally and stuff. And where, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys, they get so in over their heads, right. With, you know, having the vehicles, having the houses, having, you know, the, the wives and, and all that stuff and living this, you know, stereotypical life. Um, this is where we're, we're losing guys, you know, to a lot of like, you know, through mental health and then through, you know, suicide, right. Because we get way in over our heads. You know, I, again, I, I know how I feel just given what I have, but I'm learning then to, because, because I have so little and even though mentally I feel like there's things to work on, um, it makes me really start to wean those things out and really try to focus on bettering myself with little. Whereas I feel we can totally go and live, you know, this life of having all the toys and everything. And it just is like a distraction. You know, it distracts our mind from like, the, everything that's going on that's not okay in our life, right? And then it's that elephant in the room, which to me really isn't an elephant in the room because it's all right there in front of your face, right? But you're you're just not willing to, you know, dial things back. I think you know that's the big thing that I'm learning um, with my own life and where I'm going is that 
uh, you know, I could live with so little, right? And it's a scary thing though, because when you live your life with that kind of comfort and security, whether it be through your work and your house and your vehicle and clothing and things like that, um, at the end of the day, it's it's all just material things, right? And it's um, it's a distraction in a way to really what's going on inside. You know, and it, in that is like you know, like a key thing is like I I look at it that you know I I if I had to say one thing that I think like that we would really value as as men to teach like a younger generation of men is the the art of simplicity. Uh-huh. You know, saying like, do you have a truck? that can get you from point A to point B? Or do you have an F-350 jacked up quad cab fucking dual over oh, yeah. cab, all this shit, I don't even know anything about that, like, they're just terms yeah. to me. But can you, do you simply just have like a, a vehicle, do you have four tires that is reliable that can get you from point A to point B? You know, like, do you have a million dollar home or do you simply have a house over your head? You know, like, do you have like two legs that could go snowshoeing or do you have like a sled that you have to dig out of like some snow pit like a thousand times and you go sledding every time? Like, like where, where does it get to the point where we can simply sit back and say, you know what, I can text you, you know, at like five, six o'clock in the afternoon and say like, hey man, do you want to get into like a really no holds barred like conversation, break down the man experience and you say like, yes, you know, versus it just being like, well, you know, like we should sit down and talk about like this, like, you know, like hundred foot pounds of torque or like fucking this, that, like, you know, like where, where can you get to the point where like you redefine like what that means of being able to like spontaneously have like a conversation where it's like you take that substance out. So, you know, and where can we provide that opportunity for like the younger generation of men coming up and saying like, no, it's not that you're a pussy, you know, like it's not that like, you know, you're acting like a bitch, like all these things that we heard growing up, like these were common narratives, like with us growing up, but it's just like, you're just a person. You're just a human being. Like, you know, like, break down the barrier. Like, it's your obligation in a family to be, like, a good person, not a person that, you know, can provide the million-dollar home, the two, you know, $100,000 cars, the private school and all that kind of stuff. Like, that is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to be a good person to, like, your wife and your kids, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it's um, it's interesting – Times for sure, man. And uh, one of the things, you know, I'll go back to another saying that I grew up with with my dad was uh, actions speak louder than words. Yep. So that was something where it just uh, it resonated with me a lot. So, you know, no matter, you know, how big a game you talk or all this and that, it's how you present yourself. And so when I think of that comment, it's, it's a comment that's, it can be, you know, definitely used for males for sure, but it can be used for females as well. It's like, how am I projecting myself in the world around me? Right. How am I treating people? 
um, how am I to myself, right? Like when I say what it is that I'm doing or how I feel about life and, and everything, right? And what I'm going to do to maybe change mine if I'm not happy or all these things, right? So, and then what's so interesting is uh, my girlfriend, Aurora, she's got a bumper sticker on the side of her truck that says, and it was, this was given to her from her dad, and it says, actions speak louder than bumper stickers, right? So it's, <laughs> you know, a throw at those people too that have bumper stickers that are so about like, you know, yeah, some kind of belief or whatever, right? But it's like, again, you know, you best be preaching that, right? Because it'd be like a guy who would say, I'm all about uh, climate change, right? And t- driving the big ass truck, uh, you know, diesel blowing smoke and shit, right? So it's like, well, you're kind of doing the polar opposite, right? Like your actions don't really show what it is that you're like living, right? So, because it's like, if you're all about climate change, you probably wouldn't be going to buy some diesel truck blowing black smoke all over the town, right? And mm-hmm. the atmosphere, shit like that, so... So do you notice like, you know, like a a difference for like the better or worse with guys like in broad in Lethbridge? Like do you see guys getting more socially progressive like as a whole, not just like, you know, like the guys that you can connect with, but like, you know, just like like men in general, like do you do you see there being a more socially progressive change for the better or do you think it's like is still the same narrative guys are just guys and they kind of get stuck in it. Um, yeah, to be honest, man, I, I think it's kind of the same narrative. I, I think it's, um, I, uh, I don't know, like, again, I'm just kind of exposed to what's around me and, and what I see. Um, but I think for the most part, I feel like it's still just kind of staying in that old, you know, old school mentality. Um, you know, going back to that book, the man they wanted me to be, you know, the author kind of talks a lot about, you know, Trump and, you know, as he was going through his election and, and then being in power and stuff and um, how he just basically, you know, he fed the idea of this world that was so kind of suppressed and you could call it the, you know, toxic masculinity thing, right. Where it was like all, you know, these, you know, white men in America, right. Or even call it North America, right. That feel like they're being, you know, pushed in on with all the stuff that's going on in the world where he, he fed that, right. He's like, I'm going to like, we're going to like go against that now. Right. Now you have a voice. Now you have that power again, right. As a, as a white man in America, right. Like you, we're, this power is coming back, right? Like tenfold, right? So just be on my side and, and, and all will be well again, right? We will go back to the way it was. And that's where this book is. You know, the author does a great job of talking about like history, right? And how through like wars and, and, you know, through our past, right? That it's gotten us to, you know, the way that men are with each other. And so that's why I enjoy reading it. And, and that's how I said earlier on. So in knowing that we have a, a really, you know, we have a job to try and change that because we can only just keep talking about our past and our history. It's like, when do we then, you know, actually take action moving forward? And that's going back to my dad saying, or the bumper sticker on Aurora's truck, right? Actions speak louder than words. So it's like, you know, when are we going to, quit beating a dead horse and try and, 
you know, actually make change. See, and that's and, that. Go ahead. Sorry, man. Um, and that's, you know, again, how I've changed in my life with like training and, and everything that I've done. Right. Like I, it's that humble and that just kind of like, um, not being the man and having it figured out because I've been humbled in situations and it's allowed me to change for the better. Right. So, you know, and that's like, we're, you know, do you think that like us as guys, not to put our ego in check or we haven't had our ego put in check because, um, like we just don't really go through like like tests anymore like what we used to, like unless if you put yourself in in an athletic forum, you know besides you know maybe like intellectually at school, but if you don't put yourself into an athletic forum, when are you ever authentically tested, like with your character to be able to like step up physically, you know and and if you don't like how do you even really know where you are in your own life and like how you even really fit into your own life because being physically tested as a guy helps you define who you are as a man and like that's one big thing that we're losing like right now because like the the one thing that i say to people like you know with with the foundation that have the active sprouts foundation is that the reason why that i want to provide like this opportunity for like children to be able to be tested in a, in a physical environment is that we're growing up with a generation right now where people aren't challenging themselves physically. Like men are not challenging themselves physically. So how are those children that they're going to have understand the value of being challenged physically as a man to be able to understand who you are as a man? Yeah. Um, well, that one there, man, like I would, you know, a friend of mine, Cody had talked about that, right. Where he has friends that, um, you know, they talk about, you know, like they, they need to go out and do physical, you know, overcome physical barriers, right. Especially when they are going through, you know, a hard time. So let's say like a breakup or, you know, like any kind of, you know, trauma where, you know, men, it's like, let's suppress that with, uh, you know, physical action or whether it's drinking and going out and the other side too, like physical, like, you know, hooking up with another girl. Right. And just totally, you know, let's get over this problem. Let's get over this hump. Um, yeah, like I, I think there's a healthy way of going about it, obviously. Um, and there's an unhealthy way too. Um, but I, I know for sure that, um, you know, you have to kind of like when your mind gets into a bad place, you know, when it gets into, you're going through this difficult period, um, you need to somehow get back into your body because your mind and your body, they, they, they work together. And when they work together, it's beautiful, but when they're not, it's scary. And, you need to find that balance again, because I find that when you go through emotional pain, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And again, that guys aren't really supposed to talk about, um, you, it, it can seep into your body 
and and your body will want to just kind of like shut down right like your, your your body absorbs that what's going on and and i see it like all around me like i i feel like humanity people like we're all fighting something like we see people in all different shapes and sizes around us right and it really makes me kind of wonder like how did you you know, and, and not in a negative way. It makes me want to understand what struggles people have gone through. Because I feel like this goes back to my talk earlier where, you know, doing handstands or doing the training that I do, um, anyone can do that, right? But, you know, yeah, for me, it takes me a certain mindset and a certain path. And I know that's not the same for everybody. Um, for some people, though, it could even be easier. But for some people, it could be harder and it could be because there's like that, there's all of a sudden this barrier that's been created, right? Because of like hardships and it like totally like pushed them down and, you know, made them feel, you know, so less than or, or something. Right. And, and I hate to see that, you know, because then that's where people call it, um, they fall off the wagon. Right. So, you know, whether it's through drugs and alcohol or, you know, even eating and things like that, like doing those things through emotions. Right. Um, so again, I think it's a matter of finding that healthy balance of using physical work to yeah, get, get back into your body, get yourself feeling a little bit better. Cause how I said earlier, right. Like when we're moving and we're feeling better about ourselves physically, it, it, it sparks, it, it makes us feel better. I think mentally, right? Like it helps us. So that's, yeah, you know, you got to get back into it and do what you got to do. So, you know, and I, th I think that a lot of that too, because I, and that's the one thing I like understanding, like the, the value of being in like a, an athletic form or like the, the understanding of like the value of what physically challenging yourself like brings in offers you as a person and i don't think that it, it's isolated just to like men i think that like men and women both have that opportunity because i'm around so many people in a day and like i understand like what it what it brings when males or females are challenged physically and how it it balances out them and their lives you know and i i just think that like you know we've evolved as a species being physically, mentally, and emotionally challenged every day, you know, but because from like a technological standpoint, like, you know, we are, we are eliminating some of these avenues where, you know, you can really see, you know, like there's just a, another press release that where Elon Musk's Neuralink, you know, just, you know, is in another stage of like development. And, you know, like it's scary that like we can get things like implanted on our brain or like that work, you know, in like a, in a marriage like relationship with our brain to be able to give us more bandwidth to be able to like, you know, process and interpret more information because we're just, we're one step away from not really needing to get out of bed. Yep. You know, but like when oh, yeah. we don't need to like when we legitimately don't even need to get out of bed because, you know, like my sister, you know, she's a, you know, she's an HR manager in Calgary, you know, like oil and gas industry. And, you know, like the one thing I said to her is like, you know, because of augmented reality and virtual reality, could you not have like a like a virtual reality office 
where people wake up in the morning, they put on their VR goggles, and they're all of a sudden at the office, and they're interacting with people like how we're interacting right now on audio and video. But you never actually go anywhere. So like, but then I thought, you know, like through this conversation, like what we're talking about right now is like, when do you have the ability to be able to play sports and never actually play sports? Because we already have that because there's some of these VR games that are like boxing. So like, when does, when do like, you know, when do we get to a point for society? Like when they say, okay, well, like the risk for injury isn't. It, it outweighs the ability to be actually play it physically. So like these NFL, these NBA, these NHL players, these professional athletes, instead of actually playing where you physically are going to get injured, we're going to put you because you still have the ability. We're going to put you in this form and you're still going to be the same hyper athlete, but you never get the actual physical component of it. And like the big point that you were making there that I connect with the most, I know that a lot of people listening will is that, your ability to be able to understand yourself as a human being because you are physically tested. And that connects you with you mentally, emotionally, cognitively, you know, like spiritually, everything. When you are physically tested, it's like the bridge amongst all those gaps. But that's the one thing that we're losing is like a species, like dramatically fast, is being physically tested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, and when you talked about, um, you know, yeah, how everything's changing and, you know, VR games and all that kind of stuff, like think of, I, I always go back to the Disney show Wally, like, you know, where they're on that cruise, right. And they're just floating around in these pods and stuff and you don't have to do anything. Right. And, um, actually friends of friends of mine, they came over one night and talked about how they'd gone on cruises and, there's uh there was a couple that they were having dinner with on the cruise and they said they bring three different sizes of clothing with them because that's how much weight they're intending on gaining you know like on this cruise right because this is this is where you know going back to i guess my trip now a little bit um and the difference that i see there is that you know so when i was traveling a lot of people because i was sharing as you know much as i could and and doing that but not again, being a slave to my phone and stuff. And yeah, it was great because I would only have my phone on airplane mode. And if I was at Wi-Fi at night, I could share pictures just so my family could see and friends. Um, but yeah, when you're at these all-inclusives, you know, whether it's in Mexico or on a cruise ship, right? It's just that mentality of just consume, right? Yeah. So I've paid this much and I'm going to totally get my money's worth and I'm going to just, you know, drink my face off. I'm going to eat so much because it's a buffet at every meal, right? Like I don't have to, you know, gauge my eating or anything like that. And again, I'm a kind of guy that contradicts eating in a sense, but because yeah, I'm going to go on holiday and I'm going to experience culture and the food and go to places. But again, I'm not eating like buffet all day, every day, right. For like two weeks. So um, I actually just had this conversation me. with somebody like a couple of days ago, a really good friend of mine. And like, I was like, you know, the interesting part about buffets is that, you know, it becomes like a challenge of how much food you can put on a plate, knowing 
conceptually, knowing that you can go back an unlimited amount of times to be able to get more food. But it's like, how can I put like like an exponential amount of food on this plate? Plus, how can I balance another plate on my you know arm or my other hand? And scooping in there, like, it just becomes, like, this global challenge of, like, consumption oh. of calories. Oh, yeah, man. And, and I mean, trust me, uh, when I was growing up and playing hockey, I, I could I could eat more than any guy on our hockey team, pretty much. Um, and I'll say that kind of loosely because there were guys that could, you know, eat pretty good, too. Um, but, yeah, like, we would go and the team would order, like, X amount of food, and it would be a lot. But, like... Yeah, I would crush like when Pizza Hut used to have like a two foot pizza, and like I could eat that whole thing, right? Like, I remember those you know, after a game, yeah. right? Yeah, so um, I I totally get that, right? And I can see like you know how it's easy to get into that, and um, but yeah. So going back to your conversation about how you know movement can all of a sudden and sport can just be like virtual, and you know you don't have to do anything anymore. Um, I think that's our job to like try and understand that we actually just need to move, whether it's from basic, just like walking, you know, like, and, and again, getting up off the couch, going for walks, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe hitting some inclines, this and that, um, you know, again, it doesn't have to be in this gym and a controlled environment and, and all that kind of stuff too. Um, you know, we have this freedom of, you know, just again, moving our bodies, how we should day to day. But the problem is, is that we've evolved into, you know, desk jockeys and we've evolved into just sitting and, and it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough because I know how easy it is. So when you sit down and you feel comfortable, how hard it is to like get yourself up and be motivated at times. It was, you know, when I was at my job, when I started at the city, I was sitting in a desk at times, but I still had to go up and get to the counter and like deal with customers. But, um, I was sitting in a desk and then I finally got a standing desk and I just noticed even my productivity, like, you know, went, went up, you know, because, when I was standing, I was always like, you know, needing to like find things to do or move around. Right. But when you sit, it's just easy to like doze off and daze at your computer screen. Right. And the work that's there and just get unmotivated, no different than, you know, sitting down and being unmotivated to move. Right. But, um, see, like how unhealthy is that to like, like, not like you again, like breaking down the barrier between like, you know, male and female, but like how unhealthy is it just like, just to sit there and try to force yourself all day to be motivated, you know, versus just being in like an environment that could simply be the difference between sitting and standing, being like absolutely motivational, just be able to get the, like the work that you have to do done. That's just like the definition of like mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and like I say, that's where I go back and it's, we've as we've evolved like training and fitness and all that stuff i feel like we've complicated it so much more than it needs to be um you know we're because at the end of the day just feeling our own body's weight against gravity and being aware of how we're moving like all day um plays a factor into a lot of other things right so um i had a friend who had a hip like you know he had his hip surgery done 
and um you know he's gone through a couple physios and then he just recently went to a new one and it was awesome to hear him talk about how he felt like you know this new physio you know gave him just different like perspectives on his injury and how to rehab it and all these things because he's just used to seeing physios and then you know let's say they've all gone to the you know physio school and got their schooling and you know done it by the book right so for the most part they're just always and if that's what they believe then they're just going to give you this you know rehab program that's you know the same as the next physio and it may just be written differently or use different terminology somehow or whatever but you know he he realized that he's just like, yeah, like I just, I'm not making progress. Right. Like it's just, it's kind of like frustrating him. And then all of a sudden he goes to a different physio and then she's totally thinking about like the opposite. Right. Which is to me, I'm like, Holy shit. That's so refreshing to hear somebody think of the opposite and just taking the, you know, how he stands, you know, she would look at him standing in front of him and, and be like, you know, I can see that like, you know, like one, you know, leg is lower than the other, just kind of one hip is tilting. Right. And these things, and those are things that we don't think about on a daily. Right. But like here, this one physio gives you a program to, you know, spend 30 minutes a day on, well, there's 24 hours in a day. Sure. We sleep for, let's say if you're, you know, you get good sleep seven to eight hours a night. So those other, you know, hours that are left, like, what are you doing with those? Right. And, and how are you sitting in a chair, you know, when you are sitting down and how are you walking around when you get up and just those basic things, like not just that you went to the gym for an hour today and you moved yourself in ways that you do day in, day out, right? Like what's happening in all those minutes and hours in between that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and those are the things is like, you know, like we waste so much time now we're like, you know, think of like how, how many times we all hear the common narrative that like, well, I just don't have the time or like, I'm just too busy, you know, but like, you know, how much of that time is spent like scrolling through Facebook and like Instagram and like, you know, Googling pointless shit and like watching more YouTube videos of stuff that like, it's not really going to change your life. And, you know, we're, it's like, we just, we just clog ourselves and like we just we put ourselves in such a deficit and like we we've now in this conversation outlined so many different ways not only with like us as guys but like us as like a species of just put ourselves in this this deficit whether it's us as individuals or us as like a collective society just starving for more you know because like where you say like where we've talked about like like technolo- technological advancements. Well, if we just said, okay, well, simply because we've made it to a point where we're not gonna die every day. Like I got like this this hut. I have some food that's accessible. I don't have to go like like three days or a week with like starving because I can't find food. Like we really didn't need to evolve very much past that. Because, like, once there was, like, the immediate risk of, like, dying every day by not having, like, you know, like, shelter and food and, like, the potential need for clothing. Like, we just – we started on, like, this downhill run 
of getting to like like mental health issues because that's kind of like where we're at today you know like you can label in any way you want but like whether you're like male or female or like a society in general like it's just like western culture is like a manifestation of like mental health issues and it's rampant you know like you you've brought it up kind of briefly a few times but how many people even really know how extensive like the male suicide rate is because we're just not meeting the expectation of what we should have and what we should be able to provide. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's high and it's, um, it's scary to think. And, um, you know, again, most guys don't want to have that talk. I've, I've been able to hear, you know, a, a few people and people that I've never really known just met, you know, cause my girlfriend has a radio show, um, in town that she does. And, uh, and I, you know, I would hear stories of attempted suicide and things like that, or, you know, thoughts of it. And, um, you know, and, and to me it was, it was kind of interesting because I'd never met those people. They were so open and speaking about it. And I totally appreciate them for, you know, being that open and, and transparent in it. Um, but for, for most guys, like again, to even, you know, teeter along those lines, you know, and, and say something to a friend, it's not, uh, it's not something they want to admit. Like, again, it's, it's kind of like this huge, uh, you know, feeling of failure or something. Right. And, um, it's not, uh, it's not accepted. And, you know, we're, again, we're, we're supposed to just kind of, you know, carry on, right. We're supposed to just move forward and, and just go about life. Like, uh, like nothing's really happened. Right. But I feel like through talking about those things, and, you know, having those people you can have those conversations with, like that's, um, as hard as they are, that's where then growth like comes from, you know, that's where, you know, like ideas come from in terms of getting out of that headspace, like those thoughts. And, and it's not something that happens overnight. You know, it's not, uh, it's not just, you have one conversation and, and it's over. Um, it can, you know, it's, I think it's plagued guys for years, you know, and, and, but it's good to know that there are guys that come out on the other side. It's, it's unfortunate to know that some don't. And, you know, again, it makes you want to like understand and, you know, help because it is a, it is a huge problem. Um, but it's, yeah, how, how, how do we help and how do we change? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel like our, our life could be a lot easier, but society makes it a lot harder, kind of like how you were talking about. And I'll go back to training and moving. Like, it, it should be so easy. It should be so simple and, like, accessible. Um, yeah, it's, you know, you're going to go through challenges and things like that. But, um, it, it again, it, it shouldn't be so hard. It shouldn't be so challenging to open up to it. And that's kind of one of the things that since you and I did our last podcast and we, um, you know, we talked the other night, like I want to, you know, my girlfriend and I were thinking about, you know, 
having a, a place that's out in the mountains to do retreats and, you know, maybe, well, and obviously have it more into like men, you know, like men retreats, you know, like it's yoga and, you know, all these things. Um, I, I still believe it's, it's more, you know, predominantly female, um, men are starting to open up to the idea of it, but it's, it's like anything, it takes time, you know? So, um, it's, but there are, there are those few men that, you know, see the benefit from it. And I know I've kind of talked about it, um, on your podcast or, you know, on my girlfriend Aurora's show and just how yoga, um, you know, totally, it wasn't the physical, it was more the mental side of it that I got from it. And, um, and that was something that I was lacking a lot and in, in all the training I was doing because it was more about the physical, um, as a person and looking back, I was, and, and this was a hard pill to swallow. And I just started thinking about this recently. Like I was always hiding behind like the weights you know, I was always hiding behind like the physical appearance, like the shell. Right. So, you know, when I was even lifting weights, uh, at a conventional gym, like the college and golds and then going into CrossFit and competing in that. And, you know, I, it was all about the physical. It was about how much I could lift, um, how I looked and, and, you know, and I was hiding behind everything, you know, and, uh, and, and that's where, you know, realizing that and then, you know, learning yoga and then getting into just using my body and it's just myself, like that's all I'm accountable for. And I'm not, you know, I'm doing it for myself, you know, there's no external factors or anything like that. Um, it, it's a hard place to be in at times, man. And, um, but I know the reward is, is gonna, it's gonna be worth it in the end. See, and I find that to be, like, a really, like, existential question, like, where, you know, like, how can you control yourself when you can't even control yourself? Uh, You know, and I find that to be the one interesting part about, like, body movement is just, like, because so many people can lift weights, but they can't control their body. Uh, So how can you control your mind if you can't control your body and vice versa? But yeah, like it just yeah. nobody really ever thinks of it like that, right? No, no. We think of again, it's it's the external. We think of like the weight that we can lift, or you know, just the the boundary that we can push when it comes to that external object or or whichever, right? As opposed to, yeah, being in this place of kind of like I don't know, calmness and just yourself, right? And 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 that's where again trying to reconnect get that mind and body back in unison like that's a hard thing to do because our body uh there's a book it's called uh, your body's talking and are you listening and i can't remember the author of it but it's, it's a big read um but like super interesting right so again it just talks about how you know our you know how our mental struggles and our mental pain can you know show in our bodies through physical pain and, and things like that and habits. And, and, and I, yeah, I'm a true believer in that is, you know, as much as it's kind of like this yin and yang sort of thing, right? Like we want it to try and be as in unison as it can. And I mean, it'll never be perfect, but the goal should be to try and 
you know, get out each day, you know, with that balance as best as you can. There's always going to be something that knocks us off stride. It's a given, right? But it's uh, it depends. And, you know, we talked about this last night where I talked about our beliefs and I really, um, you know, someone could look at me and think I'm so heavily, I so believe in, in one way or this way or that. But I kind of said to you, I'm like, we, um, we, we live by our beliefs and we die by our beliefs. Yeah. So, you know, when, when we're gone and if you're so hard into your beliefs, that you've, you know, gone through uh, your life, um, you better be prepared to, you know, feel good about not being around anymore and holding on to those beliefs, right? Because um, I think, you know, the the fear of, of death and we all, um, you know, I don't think we all maybe take it um, or appreciate it or, you know, as it is. And, you know, it can happen at any given time. Um, that again makes me be more open-minded to the world around me right and i got that through travel and and even just in the training and how i've changed things too is that um you know i i can if, if i'm if i'm too caught up in these beliefs am i okay to like leave this world like just shutting all this other stuff out right um, and cause I think that's what happens, you know, when, when that time comes, you face like, you know, um, regret. I think we all have to face that at some given point in time. Like everyone says, you know, I don't regret anything. And I don't know, I, I don't think that's 100% accurate. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's saying that I, I think in saying that it says that you're living a perfect life, but I think we all have, you know, some things deep down you know, whether you're even maybe conscious about it or not. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a tough road to be able to like walk down to really even be able to know, like, like, like morally and ethically, am I walking down like the, the righteous road that I'm supposed to be walking down? That's going to, when I do leave this earth, am I going to feel vindicated for doing so? you know like it's because it's ever evolving you know like today is different than tomorrow and you know like today is different than yesterday and a month from now is different than a year ago yeah you know it's so transient right but yeah well and i and i work in a job man and and this is where you talked about a little bit ago controlling your body and and learning to have control over that and I think that's like one thing that we totally take for granted as well is the fact of how we can move our bodies and control our bodies. But um, at the end of the day, we're so caught up in trying to control every situation around us and our environment and, and you know, like our neighbors and, and all this stuff, right? Because that's what my job is. I get people calling, complaining about their neighbors, about something that's so Mickey Mouse, right? But it, And then it's like, you're so distracted. Like, you know, and it's crazy. Like we all want to feel like we are entitled to live the life that we feel like we're entitled to, I guess, in terms of comfort and all these things. But, you know, think of it like, again, like all the good, but that's the thing is we don't, we just right away go to like why that person pisses us off. Right. Like what he's doing that annoys us because maybe we got too much time to think, you know, maybe we do. And when you talk about social media, 
um, and how we're telling ourselves that we're too busy. And man, like, I know I can get on social media and, you know, all of a sudden just get in this trance and like, where I'm like, holy shit. I mean, I know I wake up from it quick, but like, there's people that could, you know, do that for like 30 minutes and then do that how many times throughout the day. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's scary. Right. But then that's where, you know, again, well, no wonder you feel like you don't have time because you just blew 30 minutes, you know, like right there and you do it multiple times. Right. Yeah. But you're, it's just something that's become so habitual in your day-to-day routine that you, you don't see it. Right. And unless you have someone that calls you out on it, and then that's the other thing, though, is that, you know, if you're in a relationship and someone's doing that and they call you out on it, well, then you're just like, you're taking away, like, this habit that I've created, right? So there's, like, resistance. Yeah. There could be resistance towards that, right? And, you know, I, I look back and I think, yeah, you know, this goes to even talk about traveling and the differences and where I said, like, technology was really the only big change, right? So the fact that you maybe had like flip phone cell phones back when I went the first time to Europe. Well, now you got smartphones and Wi-Fi and all this shit. Right. But like, you know, think of our parents and when we were being raised, like, I mean, you know, we were in a family of three kids, right. Like me and, you know, and however many kids are, you know, like big families, but parents like still seem to like make it work. Yeah. You know, maybe they weren't as vocal about their struggles, but you know, and where now I think I'm like, how is it that we all feel like we're so much busier, you know, like when I, I don't know, right? like I don't see the huge difference from in terms of, you know, like when you have kids and you got to take them to sports and this and that, like, it's not like you went from, you grew up in a family of six or three kids to like six kids now. So you've doubled your busyness in terms of having kids, right? Like I sit there and think, well, maybe we're spending too much time with technology absolutely we, we, we you know absolutely and are. that and that's where that you know with my girlfriend and i where we want to you know aurora we want to be out in the mountains and you know do our thing right like that's just uh when when i'm out there it's you know you all of a sudden drive into an area and you see your phone and it's like no cell phone service like best no wi-fi ever. best you just ever. And, and then there's nothing you can do about it Right. Yeah. There, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's like, you know, one person would say like, Oh, I'm so miserable now or whatever, but it, no, it's like embrace it, Yeah, you know, make the best of it. Yeah. And that yeah. actually is true. Like I know that feeling like wholeheartedly where, you know, like you just, you strive and you just wait in anticipation for that glorious moment where like it says you have no more cell service. I love that feeling. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and when I, when I've gone traveling, I, I never, you know, I never get a roaming package yeah. or anything from my phone. If, you know, like again, when I was in Europe, I, I posted pictures every night because I would be connected to Wi-Fi, and that was the only time it was maybe, you know, maybe it took me five minutes to do that. Right. But I wasn't, I wasn't going to like, you know, not, take full advantage of my environment and, and appreciate my holiday by, you know, every moment snap a picture and then think about uploading it. Right. Yeah. It was always, shit was like a day behind, you know, yeah. realistically. <laughs> so it's cause I just didn't care. I'm like, I, I just know I'll get, I'll post these when I do and who cares. Right. So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. 
cool. Well, it's getting late, and uh, yeah, I dude. Bet, yeah, <laughs> we should probably wrap this thing up so you can get a little sleep. Talking about that seven or eight hours, but you know, I just, yeah. you know, the one thing that I want to like emphasize and stuff is just like, you know, I immensely appreciate you willing to be able to like step outside of like the typical guy box, and you know, and, like willing to be able to have just like any kind of conversation about like any kind of topic no matter like how mm. emotionally exposing or just like in your face or forward that conversation may be and you know like i just i think more guys need to be able to have these kind of conversations and you know i hope that if i'd have anything we just you know can inspire like at least like one other guy or you know like more importantly like a new generation of guy coming into this world saying like like this is how we should operate just as like humanity not as in like a guy or a woman or anything just how we should treat each other and how we should be like as people for sure man and i mean yeah like you know my life like again i'm not perfect and i think that's why i want to be so open and just have conversations and and you know not bullshit or do anything because like a lot of people sit there and think well you know talking about male you know, role model and place in the world, you know, especially where I'm from and given, you know, my life and my situation with my son, like there would be a lot of, you know, guys that are going to say, you know, this guy has no fucking means to be, you know, speaking, you know, anything about being a man. Cause like here it's about, you know, when you have a child, right? Like it's, you're, you're the, you're the father and you do anything for that child. Right. And, and someone would, you know, maybe argue that, you know, Oh, he's, he's no dad. He's no this, right. Like he, he doesn't fight for his son, but, um, yeah, again, I'm the kind of guy that I guess takes my situation differently because of what I've been through and what I know about that situation. And I know I, I haven't quite, uh, you know, felt like, totally laying out to the world that situation um again going back to saying how i don't when i do it's not about making friends or you know anything like that it's me just speaking my truth and um and just being 100 percent honest and yeah going from there with it and whether people accept that or not that's okay and yeah so do i do i feel like again men can behave differently i think yeah for sure when it comes to a lot of other things right so um that's the battle and that's where again we need to talk so yeah absolutely absolutely well thanks man and i really appreciate you coming on and hope you get some good sleep tonight and in sleeping in the morning yeah man okay have a good night, oh, yeah, Jason. For sure, I'll be up for work, but uh, yeah, it's most Friday, so it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. Later. weekend's coming. All right, man. Have a good night. Yeah. Okay, okay you too.